This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. All right, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal cast. We've got a kind of a follow-up episode to a set release. We've kind of started doing this for a few sets now. So now that the dust has settled from Ikoria what our opinions are on what's real and what's fake financially, just looking at what we've seen trend-wise, what we see single-wise, stuff like that and justifications. And this is another one of those instances where neither of us know what the other has chosen, so we are going in blind. So, if you want to start us off, what do you think Um, is real? So, I actually started off a little more broad uh, when I was thinking about this over the weekend, and I was curious how Akoria's just been doing overall as a set to see if it fell flat financially not necessarily because of the bannings but because of the hype and then the cards that actually made it into constructed formats and my initial thought was well there's got to be a lot of interesting stuff here in commander you have luminous brood moth you have um the dirtle turtle that you can cycle a bunch and then play which isn't it's not edh a bull but it's starting to pop up in some mono red lists in modern and I thought, well, maybe some value is yeah. tucked away in here. But checking Dawn Glare, my suspicions of a set that just absolutely cratered came true. In a little over 12 days, the set dropped to 50% of what it was from 125 down to uh, the mid-60s. Thus, looking at this financially is a flop. Uh, you know, That basically means that the value you're going to extract from a box is much less than you're going to wind up paying for them regardless of how you're able to get them unless it's direct from distro Uh, so so that that was first and foremost because i was very very curious you know theros like i said was kind of uh iffy and eventually became kind of this failure especially from the collector's edition side of things because it hasn't really made that much of a splash and thrown before that was great until cards started getting banned so i was like well let's see where we are all right, but looking at individual cards, I went through what was currently listed as the 10 most expensive cards in the set, and that's kind of been fairly steady for the life cycle of the set thus far after uh, full spoilers and pricing was available. These, these 10 have kind of been locked into place with a little bit of shuffling. So the first one on my list has been the most expensive card in the set since I think it was spoiled after the third card on my list. The first one is Fiend Artisan. Fiend Artisan is currently like an $18 card, and to me, this card looks fake. It has all the telltale signs of a card with a fake price. There are no high-profile results. It's the standard and pioneer play, but the only results that are coming in for these formats are F&Ms being held on uh, Arena or Modo. In standard, it plays in uh, a Rakdos or or, or Orzov Sacrifice deck, think Cat Oven. And in Pioneer, it's being played in Rally decks. All those decks are completely overshined in their current metagames, and this card really has no meta share in the world we live in right now with Yurion, Gyruda, and Luros still hanging out. To me, this card is fake right now. An $18 price tag is not sustainable for this card in the long term. Uh, it's interesting that you picked that because that was one of the failures that I picked as well because it, it has casual EDH appeal and I get that it looks a lot like Birthing Pod. It looks a lot like yep. any of those effects, but it's not. And the fact that you 
it's it's slower. It's just not nearly as good. I just I agree. I don't think it's a real price point. I don't think that at least in the short term, this is something that should be fifteen dollars unless there's some absurd tech that I just haven't noticed, which is yeah. know, obviously perfectly possible. That's just one that I had thought as well that I was like, you know, I don't think this is real. Uh, I know we we haven't sold a whole bunch of them. I haven't seen a lot mm-hmm. of people looking for them, but I I guess there's there, a market somewhere. Maybe I think it's, right it's now hard to say. It's, uh, I mentioned uh, on a couple of cards. I think this price is a hopeful price for the future, which to me means because I was the one that wrote it that this is a card priced based on what will happen when other things in the, around it in the format are removed. So when Urian is removed from yeah. standard and Loros is removed from Modern, and Yurion is removed from Legacy, Fiend Artisan can actually begin to play. And I brought this up quickly. Uh, I'll bring it up again so you can see the stocks graph, etc., and what this card does. To me, this card actually seems like it could play in a deck in Legacy called Nickfit, which is just based on value creatures and yeah. bringing back your one- and two-drop creatures. Yeah. That deck didn't die with the banning of Deathrite Shaman. It relied more on a card called Veteran Explorer, which is an EDH all-star. So being able to recur your value engines like that, or even tutor through your deck for something up to Siege Rhino, this is Birthing Pods 5 through 8, essentially, in that deck. I think it has the ability to play there, but not while Yurion is running rampant in that format. You know, Lurus and uh, yeah. Zerda, or whatever the Boros companion is, were removed from that format. And so yeah, Yurion is just there flickering Arkham's Astral Labes. And the value that's generated from that yeah. has essentially allowed a more controlling format to exist where Fiend Artisan is not that great. Nick Fit, Nick Fit is not great in a very heavy uh, control metagame. It has inevitability, but yeah. it needs to land creatures to do its thing. So if you can keep the board clear, that it's just kind of poop. So that's where I am on Fiend Artisan. Uh, that's fair. What do you, give me something else. What do you got? I... Yeah, so one of my other failures, and this is one of the most bizarre things that I just noticed over the last couple days was happening. Uh, Shark Token. That's interesting. Sold out on TCG. Sold out on Miniature Market. Sold out on Star City. Sold out on Card Kingdom. Listed for $5. But there is a four, there is play sets available on eBay for $1.50. This is the double sided token. So there are a couple of these. Apparently, I didn't know that. Ah, Jesus. Yeah, uh, I I just don't think the double sided token is a five dollar token. I I don't know any tokens from recent sets that qualify as that. The only one I can think of was the what was it, Newfi or Worldwake, the goblin that was on the. Oh, okay, sheet. yeah, yeah. It's the only thing in a recent print run set that comes close to this in terms of value, and it, and like, not a misprint, not you know an oddity in some way, yeah. something like that. I just five dollars. Are you kidding? I, there's play sets up for yeah, $5. people just got their boxes. It. It's really interesting that this thing has a real price. And I'm trying to find it. Like I, I played against Shark Typhoon in um, EDH for the first time this past weekend, and it put in some work. Yeah, like that. That card yeah. is the real deal. That's great. And yeah, here at you know, TCG Player Markets five thirty three for token zero zero four in particular. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Nope. It definitely makes does not make sense. Um, all right. So, jumping back to cards that have a price. Uh, right now, 
the the next card I want to talk about is uh, Keenan Bonder Prodigy. This is the mm -hmm. Simic. This is a pseudo birding. Uh, sorry, the the Simic uh, Mono Reflection. Right. Yeah. So I didn't think this card would have a a real price attached to it. I didn't think it was going to do much. I didn't think Mono Reflections was that popular a card overall, because or it, you know, what have you. Um, and on a creature, it just makes it even more vulnerable. I guess it's Mono Flare. I'm sorry, not Mono Reflections. Mono Flare. So it costs less, but it's on a two two, which yeah. makes it really vulnerable. But uh, this is actually seeing play across everything right now that was surprising to me that if we uh yeah. take a look at uh, mtg decks you'll see that you know standard modern historic pioneer you know vintage there was one j storm list that has this which is most likely a, a mislabel yeah. of something else but keenan is currently being played everywhere it can be and that keeps this price floating. That that means this card is a little more real than something like uh, Fiend Artisan, or something that's a little more obfuscated or propped up a little bit more like Loris. So, yeah, this this was actually something yeah. I pegged as real. Uh, so it's interesting. So ba uh, my like it's played across those formats, right? And to me, this price and the fact that it's been floated for so long, with a little bit of drop from twenty down to twelve is the same kind of price point and the same kind of pricing history um, past and uh, what we'll see in the future as Panharmonicon, where that card was actually priced for yep. EDH out of the gates and it held steady. So this card is yeah. is real and we can point to another card within history that you know kind of signals that this card is going to hold value because it glommed onto all these formats and EDH. So. Yep. Uh, pretty, I think it's pretty great. Um, this this was one that I had pegged as real because I, the exact reason you just explained, Panharmonicon was an EDH card out of the gate. It was priced that way. We're starting to see more and more where these EDH cards don't just tick down and wait for rotation to go back up. They stay up. And that's kind of where I pegged it. You know, we talk about casuals driving the market. Kinnan Bonder Prodigy to me was yes. a casual card that I saw, and I'm like, okay, I think this yep. is probably real. Absolutely. So, All right. Um, I I have one more real that okay. I think is, I you know to toot my own horn, I think is pretty interesting, uh, and that's actually the alt arts overall. So I think prices on this set, and specifically the alt arts, are in a really interesting spot. So there's some of them that are basically the same price as the real card. Narset's sitting in a market of eight for the alt art. The regular sitting in a market of about seven. I think these alt arts are going to stay floated because we have such a low production. We're going to have such a low rate of open because we can't have limited events until yep. the end of June. And then we've got a core set coming out. So I don't think we're going to get a lot of population on these. So like, you know, your Godzilla alt arts, your comic arts, all that stuff. I think those prices, for the most part, are real. I think especially the Triomes are way too affordable right now, like $10 or something, typically for yep. all of them. Uh, I, I just, I don't think that's an appropriate price 
for that card. I think long-term, those are $20, mm-hmm. $25 alt arts based on supply yes. and what we'll have opened. And the fact that you can get foils for the $25 price point is somewhat ludicrous to me. Uh, I, I think these prices right now, like being inflated, like a lot of people think they are, is real. I think they'll mm-hmm. probably go higher, in fact. And I think that that is real because yes. of the supply issue. And, you know, production was hit on this set. We didn't get a whole lot of the commander cards. Uh, you know, boxes, the first print run was a little bit lower than what some people expected, even though the big guys still got their full allocations. Uh, I, I think it'll be very interesting long term because I do. I think all of these yeah. are very real prices. No, on these I, I, I think so, too. I wanted to stay away from the alt arts because the market is, is volatile right now. Some There are some that are rising that I didn't think would and some that are falling that I think that I didn't think shouldn't. There's only a three dollar difference in yeah. the Lucas right now, and that card is all over standard. So that's so to try and source out why some of those had a price at, uh, and I don't just mean the Toho stuff. I just mean all of them in general, all the yeah. showcase stuff. Trying trying to figure that yeah. out was a little too much for me right there. But there is a card I do want to glom onto that you mentioned uh, as being real and uh, for the showcase art, the comic art in particular, and uh, I want to point out that yeah. Narset itself just the regular version is a very real card despite the fact that it's seeing it's seeing low play in standard but the fact is it's in the exact same deck that Yurion is except it's not in the Yurion version so if you're if Yurion ever gets cut from standard but that that's where lucas price is coming from so there's a really good chance that narset holds and increases and goes up over 10 right now it's floating about seven ish maybe eight i think Based yeah. on the percentage play that it sees in standard, it should be four to six, but it might be it might float at eight based on expectation that Urion leaves and this next version of Fires steps up to take its place. So, I want to hold on to that yeah. before we move on to uh, I guess what we can consider our spectacular failures. Um, yeah. So, the the first uh, you know fake price that uh, I saw that I thought was going to be the case for a while is Luminous Broodmoth. This card is, uh, you know, since the yeah. release of, I guess it was Mothra before we got the actual uh, Luminous art, you know, people had yeah. delusions of grandeur about what they were going to be doing with this card, and it has dropped from $30 plus at pre-order down to 11 and I don't think we're near the bottom yet for Luminous Broodmoth. No. It, and for the same reasons as Fiend Artisan. This is, this is being played in a handful of uh, formats, but it is primarily in... Oh, let me pull this up because I honestly forgot the deck style. Uh, not Gairuda. It's in Historic, I think. It's another Sacrifice-style deck. You can, uh, uh, it's, it's also seeing play in EDH with something like Urtai the Corrupt, which is also seeing uh, a bounce right now. Yeah. Where any, any value you can get from this is going to be... Uh, you know, top tier. And here's Urtai the Corrupt. And we're not seeing this these decks play out. We're not seeing Abzan Rally and Pioneer. We're not seeing uh, Sacrifice-style uh, mid-range decks in Modern be played with Luminous Broodmoth. And the EDH playability is really low right now compared to other cards yeah. within the set. It just hasn't hit. So the price is more hopeful than it is real. Uh, I 
as it continues yeah. to to drop, and I'll bring up the the graph so we can actually take a look at this. I expect that the bottom that we've hit right now, and we've been at for almost a week now, will continue to fall. We'll we'll see this drop to maybe five to eight, which I know is a large range, but I really think this is going to continue to drop over time until it until the band exists in all honesty yeah um my spectacular failure here was i we all saw it coming loris uh after the you know it was at one point pre-ordering for close to 30 dollars and we're now down to about five uh, as this card gradually gets weeded out of formats, it's the first non-manual dexterity card banned in vintage yep. since Shahazarad, uh, which is absurd. Uh, banned in Legacy, uh, Companion as a mechanic is just bad for the game. Uh, anything that's parasitic like this that you can't interact with, it's not great. I think especially in the case of Loris, it's only a matter of time before we see it get banned yep. in either Standard or Modern. And when that happens, it's going oh, yeah. to be real bad for the value of the card. Like, 100%. real bad. Uh, and that's that's my spectacular failure, because I just I don't see it. No, staying. not at all. I just it don't. is the last individual card I have on my list. as, uh, And I again, right, right now, the price on it is real, but that's because Standard, Modern, and Pioneer are currently being molded. Like we're we're finding the bottom where these yeah. three formats are still going to drive it, but the moment it gets banned, it's going to be a one to three dollar card because it will only be legal in EDH, and that's it. Yep. So it's a, it's in a weird spot where the moment it's removed, the price that we have is fake. But in all honesty, the price yeah. has really been fake the entire time, and it's only been the fact that we've been able to play this in tournaments that Watsi granted us the ability to play this card in tournaments that it ever held any kind of quote-unquote real value yeah so yeah uh, i'm glad we kind of both narrowed in on that one as being just absolutely rancid yeah for sure uh i i do have a, a group of cards and i want to stress group here that i, I think are all fake at the moment and that group that group is okay. just the standard triumphs no showcase art no foils just regular set triumphs oh. uh, right now they're all yeah. floating between five and seven dollars. It doesn't matter what one it is; it's somewhere between there, maybe closer to six and seven dollars. And the reason I think they're floating is people are still experimenting with them and trying to figure out what is the correct number of triumphs to play in every format. Yeah. Generally speaking, the older you go, the closer you're going to get to one as the correct number, maybe even zero in certain formats. So until that's figured out, I, the price yeah. on these is really just you know, fake for the, for the most part. I'm actually not sure what decks are playing four of any of any of them outside of standard right now. I think there might be a version of Jeskai Fires that plays all four. But other than that, it's just kind of question marks. On top of that, as you mentioned, we have the showcase arts for these, which are, compared to the said version, stunning, despite the fact that by population yeah. they are a lot more scarce. I believe the showcase version is going to just suppress these, uh, sta these regular set versions, the drafts. Yeah booster version whatever it is and the interesting thing too is that you know looking at i take Savai triome as an example low is four and a quarter right now on the pack card low is seven for the showcase so for basically two dollars more you can get the inc 
as you said, just stunning artwork of it that's lower supply and is, you know, I think to a lot of people, something that's a little bit more meaningful uh, because, you know, it's something cool and alternative to what yeah. you would normally get. Uh, not to mention, you know, EDH players love these cards and EDH players love pimp in every single form they can find yeah, it. And for only so. a dollar or two more, why not go for the pimp version? I, I just think these are going to be completely overshadowed. You know, it, yeah. it's not like the comic book art or the Toho art, which is which is very subjective. You know, these extended border stuff, generally speaking, people by and large really enjoy unless the delta in price is huge. And at which point, you know, that's based on the individual so yeah uh, is there anything else you had uh pinned as a a failure overall or rather a fake price i think failure is a little harsh uh no it was fiend i had three of each and fiend artisan was my failure that we shared and narset was my truth no, that we shared uh, so yep there is one last out. card i do have as a hopeful and that i believe is oh. i think you how you pronounce it is uh riel Riel is the yeah. uh, is it mythic and I'll pull this up in a moment. Sorry, just give me a second. That people have been unsure of what to do with, and you can see it pre-ordered at mm -hmm. thirty, tanked immediately, jumped to twenty as people started testing it, and it's been slowly floating down. And I think right now we are seeing a price that is based on hope alone in testing. That's how it's been. It's very polarizing. So I think six dollars is hopeful for this card because if it does, if it works in yeah. some format, then six dollars is going to look just fine when that card pushes ten plus. If it does nothing and it drops below six at any point in time, any sales you made at six are gravy. So it's just kind of ex it just kind yeah. of exists, and it's very it's a very hopeful price. Uh, Real is a little interesting, and part of the reason why a lot of people want to. Th toy with this is the discard clause on it looks at all cards you discard the first time in any given turn so if you cast a wheel of fortune style effect and you discard seven cards you draw is it two times so yeah you draw that many cards and then you draw for wheel so you would discard seven draw seven for real and then, then draw another seven so in all in a format like yeah. modern where faithless looting was just banned does this have a place in a, a Phoenix style deck where you just want to churn through? And this gives you card advantage for the first uh, spell you cast each turn, or more spell advantage, or card advantage rather, for each spell you cast. It makes you discard a card each turn. Cathartic Reunion makes you discard up front, and you're going to redraw for those immediately on top of the additional effect of the card. Could this be busted? Don't know. And so it just kind of floats along. I, it's one of those interesting things where in Magic, cards that deal with manipulating your own hand through discard or graveyard through discard, yeah. they're boom or bust. And it's only ever one yes. thing away from boom. Uh, but it's, you know, a million things mm -hmm. could happen that make it a bust. But if that one thing happens, it's great. I've got like a hundred something Shadow of the Graves because I'm expecting a Yeah, a that's boom. the, uh, right. is that return all so. cards you cycled? this turn to your hand shadow of the grave uh it's every everything you discarded i believe okay shadow uh that you cycled yeah. or discarded this turn yeah yep cycled or discarded so that's that's you know my pick for it uh that's that's a perfect example of a boom bust graveyard yeah. discard effect and that's how it's always been in magic 
probably how it's always going to be with that stuff. And you yeah, know, absolutely. And like, does that card slide into EDH? Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't have to go in any type of specific deck. It's probably worse as a commander than it is in the '99 because it's very restrictive, and the fir the triggered ability on it to pump yeah. only pump only makes itself big. So you're really only going to be maybe, maybe icing one person at a time with with Rael unless you're taking multiple yeah. turns. And I'm sure there are ways to do it. I'm sure. But most likely going to be better than many. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I think that covers the majority of the set. After that, it's just kind of crufty. It's a lot of the stuff that was banned. It's yeah. some of the companions that are seeing low-level play, um, like the, the Gruel Elk and the Selesnia Cat Nightmare Beast whatever pumper that's seeing yeah. play in hard control decks that have no creature finishers in the main, so you just pull one out of your sideboard. Um, I think Lutri yep. is floating around on there because people are testing weird decks in modern where you just play a bunch of one ofs that are like worse lightning bolts. So people are still working on this and figuring it out. And it, like as more FNMs are happening on Moto, we're getting a little more data back over time to see what is happening. But there were definitely some immediate calls that we could yeah. make. It's like, yo, this is yeah. This is where we're uh, at. Absolutely. Uh, what do you got for me? So, my pick this week is C20 Propaganda. So, Propaganda is a card that periodically picks up and stabilizes at around $10. Uh, right now, courtesy of the C20 release, we're back down to around 5 which is pretty good um, because you're seeing stuff like EDH Casual Staples have the best chance of rebounding yep. from a reprint. Look at Eternal Witness, Lightning Greaves, uh, Swiftfoot Boots to an extent. These are all cards that are perpetually like four to six dollar bills. Maybe not Swiftfoot Boots, that's about two, but Greaves and E Witness are always going to be that amount because there is an absurd amount of demand for this casual type of high power interaction. And I think that, you know, sitting now at like four or five dollars. That's much too affordable. Yep. It should be about 10 And I think that if you can pick them up from locals and trade or for about, you know, four bucks, great. You saved me the effort. I don't think there's really a way you can lose. No. Uh, I specifically went after C20 just because it's yep. the most recent yep. one we have. So it's going to be the most easily accessible right now. But the fact of the matter is all of those have dropped in price. Every propaganda, every printing, everything. So, you know, right now, the low is about four, four or five bucks. Uh, looks like five fifty, and Card Kingdom's buying them for about four, and four seventy five credit. So it's it's a pretty good, like yes. the delta is very narrow. It's a high access. There's a lot of population of it out there right now because most of the people that got the commander decks and used them, I probably got them for the Force of Negate or whatever oh, yeah, was yeah, in yeah. there, and I think. You know, that's I, I think it's a good opportunity. It's yes. incredibly liquid. It's something that anyone that looks through your trade binder has a very high yep. chance they're going to want. And I think that that's really good to have because even if the liquidity is not spectacular, it at least means that you have a chance every yeah, time yeah. someone uh, pro and propaganda and ghostly prison uh, the same card just white white and blue right are very polarizing for people to play yeah some people don't want to be that person to kind of wall up behind it so they will like you said buy the deck for some other odds and ends they needed 
and it just became more reasonable to buy the entire deck than piecemeal it. And so a card like Propaganda yep. just goes into their trade stock because they're not that kind of player. And a lot of times you find that. Yeah. Or they might have one deck where they only need Propaganda because that's the theme to the deck, right? So all the rest of them are there. And the other telling sign about a rebound on this card is the fact that the Delta is only about $1.50 cash and uh, $0.75, yeah. cents, $0.85 cents in trade. And it just hit market. That, that, yeah. that should let you know that people are yeah. outing this card or shorting this card because they cracked the blue de- uh, the the Jeskai deck, I think it is. So uh, so stock yeah. aside, people are racing to the bottom, and if you buy in now or if you're able to trade in now, you're going to be able to get out of this card at a profit in the next couple of months. Like, yeah. So I think I, it's too. I think it's solid, and I think it's you know, C twenty is probably the one product, especially that is going to be insanely limited out of Aquaria. Yeah. No, so. it, it's nice. This is also a card that I always forget about when it comes out in Commander. Like, I think Ghostly... I remembered Ghostly Prison because it only had one printing before it was reprinted, so there was hubbub about it, but Propaganda has come out so many times, I just stopped paying attention. And it just keeps rebounding really yeah. well. So it is... And it's a card I never remember to look at, or look up, rather, when I'm looking through binders, to either for myself or, or when I'm out working. It's just... It, completely slips in my mind yes yeah. like i said it's just it's always a constant and i always think it's worth less than it is it's like um blasphemous act same thing um yeah sticking with the edh train my pick for the week is illusionists bracers uh this is a card that i've kind of been waiting on for a while because i've, I've had my own copies and then eventually i forgot about them and remembered when i saw them uh pop up on some hot lists this week and the 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 demands yeah on this is ridiculous like the slope on this card is is insane there's only been the one printing from from gate crash the interesting part about this is that card kingdom when i uh meet when i decided on illusionist bracers as my pick in the five days between then and now they were buying six at two dollars fifty cents cash 325 trade today they are buying 16 at three dollars cash three dollars 90 cents trade so in that time this card has gone up <laughs> Be a patron. Yeah. I would have found this out earlier. Uh, I pick one up way early on this. It's and true. The thing that I like about this card is that it is very obvious in what it does. You don't dance around with this card. Uh, it 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 goes in some very specific decks when compared to other artifacts, in the sense that your general or your ninety nine has to have an activated ability for this thing to be worthwhile. It's not Sol Ring, it's not a Talisman, yeah. it's not a Monorock of any sort, it's not Isochron Scepter. This has to be what you're doing in your ninety nine. But the other thing is is that when you look yeah. at this card and you look, okay, what are people possibly doing? The answer, the answer to this question is literally everything. <laughs> Everything is on this. Yeah. You have control with stuff like Visara the Dreadful and Kamano. You have uh, combo decks in here with like Zerillion of the Claw, like Dragon Combo. And then you have whatever the hell Experimental Kraj does. Kiki Jiki is also a combo. Yeah. This card just goes in everything big and dumb. And it just casts this really wide yeah. net in the format. And it's a card that I like now for the short term and then again for the long term because I think in the interim we're going to get a reprint of this card. It's going to crash the market and then we're going to come back. If you have the ability to buy in now, I would yeah. probably uh, try and move in, especially if you can trade for it. Uh, this card is generally speaking undervalued so you can kind of get it at the end of trades to fill gaps, etc. And if 
if and when we see this again in a master set somewhere or in a commander set, I would pick up again immediately when the fall when the floor falls out from under this thing because it's just going to go up again. It's done nothing but rise since 2016. You know, Battle for Zendikar. 2015 yeah. Battle for Zendikar. This is as close to like an unprint or a non-reprinted blue chip as you're going to get in the modern era for EDH that isn't like hard driven to EDH. Yeah. So. It's also interesting looking at TCG. Low with shipping for non-foil is five fifty. Low with shipping for foil is eight fifty. So there's only a three dollar difference between yeah. the foil and non-foil printings. So even even foil is just it does not have the standard EDH pimp multiplier on a single print no. run card. Uh, and I believe you can actually so, immediately like that's it's just uh, you can't you cannot immediately arbitrage the foils. Unless you actually uh, okay. six dollars plus a dollar seven fifty, you could if you wanted to right now you could arbitrage any near mint foils that you can get for under eight dollars and sixty cents on TCG Player to Card Kingdom. Just hard right now. There's only maybe Decent. yeah six of them, but it is possible. After they run out, then it just goes from ten dollars yeah. all the way up to twenty. So this is a card with very low supply. There's fifteen unique prices for foils. This looks like there's eighteen. 21, 24, 29, 30 total foil copies on TCG Player in English. Oh, no, I did some... My math is wrong. 15, 16, 17, yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21. There are 23 total foils left on TCG Player. 23. For uh, non-foil, there are 91 unique prices. And draining, if you're if Card Kingdom's Bialis is left to be believed, which is, like I said, in the last four days... We've gained fifty cents on the buy list. Not a lot, but that just goes to show. Even in the short run, demand for this card. So, yep. Pretty if it's a card that you think you have because you played a lot in that era, chances are you picked it up for the limited format because it's moderately okay there. It, now would be the time out as bulk. Yeah, if you have it. Just, you're not gonna play it. Just take your money and run, man. But yeah. That's my pick. I like it. I uh, I completely forgot that this card has not been printed since the first printing. So it's it's definitely uh, yep. definitely something that flew below my radar, and I love the casual EDH. Specs, Somewhere so behind me, by the trefula tree in my background, there exists a foil copy sitting on top of a deck box because it stagnated for so long. But I wanted to make sure <laughs> it sat literally at the the top of my mind. So every time I walk by that, I, I see it. And now I know it's finally you going up. It, yeah. So there you go. That's it for my pick this week. And I think we're good to go, right? Anything else? All right, man. Yeah, that's uh, it for So me. next week we will be choosing the winner of our IKO box, and we will announce that on the pod, and that will come from our uh, patrons directly. So you have between now and... Uh, 11.59 p.m. next Sunday when we pull. That'll be when yep. things are frozen and pulled. And in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Patreon. And wherever you are listening or watching to this, you know, just feel free to interact with us. I posted a question on Twitter looking to see what or get a feel for what people are looking for a little more in this kind, these kind of trying times because there's not a lot going on in the vendor world. We're pretty stagnant on this end. You no. know, nobody's holding events so i'm not going out doing any kind of work you know 
you're doing work, but it's yeah. literally your day to your day to day because there's nothing to do over. Uh, I'm in I'm in the cage, yeah. So yeah. we're just so you know we're orders. looking for for feedback. So feel free to interact with us, you know, across the board. You know, if you like what you hear, give us uh, a like or a view, what have you. You know, we're trying to trying to build this thing up and trying to get people, you know, people to learn a little more what it's like to be a vendor in this industry and what we see on our ends and how things function. So, you know, as always, we're yep. approachable. But so we are at MTG Cobalcast across all mediums and now Spotify. I am. At Haltai and Reptar on Twitter. You are. <laughs> At Thirsty we'll Sizzler on the Twitter. <laughs>